What's up, everybody? You're listening to No Coast Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And this is the Dramatic Pause episode. Yeah. Uh, And I like to put pauses in between (laughs) words even sometimes. Even just one syllable word. It's, yeah, that seems a little unfair. Is that, what's unfair about that? That's totally sportsmanlike. It's unlistenable. Oh, well, Listen, have I we ever worried this? Have we ever worried about that? But dude, speaking of unlistenable, um, Tommy Lee Jones's character in the Batman movie, his turn is Two Face. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> See a lot of Heath Ledger in that, though. I gotta say. <laughs> and to, wait, Tommy Lee Jones. What, what's unlistenable about it? Um, oh, like it just you just don't like the performance? No, I think it's great. Okay. I see a lot of uh, Heath Ledger's performance in that, and obviously this is a very <clears throat> impressive dialogue between yeah. between us two. No, it's a I'll, you know it's a weak bit. It's a weak bit. It's a weak bit. That's okay. Let me write that down in the producer's notes. Yeah. Uh, very weak bit at the beginning. <sighs> Try again next time. Yeah, we'll make it better next time. <laughs> uh, as I said, we are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago, and we would be remiss in not telling you about some of the great events that are happening coming up this spring. I know that fall kind of is the Chicago film festival season. A lot of those big festivals are going on, but the Onion City Experimental Film Festival, this is going on this spring, and it's going to be your chance to catch some of the most interesting, uh, fascinating explorations into into film and what we can do with film as an art and what what is cinema i i you know i have to confess i have not been a huge uh consumer consumer of experimental film but i know i want to push myself and i feel that onion city is going to be how we do that it's going to be running march 8th through 11th 2018 this spring and right now we are so lucky to talk to emily eddie and emily eddie you are going to be you are curating this year's onion city film festival is that correct yep oh thank you so much for coming on the show we're so excited to talk to you excited to be here so tell us a little bit about onion city as an institution uh we know that it started in the 1980s by the experimental film coalition but it's been running for this is the 28th year yeah this is the 28th year so yeah it was started by the experimental film coalition and then it was picked up by um chicago filmmakers which is an organization up in andersonville that's um both a screening space and also a educational space. They have like classes for kids and adults and um, also a weekly cinema program. Um, so yeah, this is the 28th year of the festival and super exciting. <laughs> I mean, 28 years of experimental film in Chicago. Uh, a little bit earlier, I was saying that if you if you tell that to anybody, that there's an experimental film festival that's been running for 28 years in the city of Chicago, I feel like they, they'd be like, how have I not heard of this? Is it a, I, I feel like that you focus really heavily on the on the content as opposed to trying to make a big splash is that would that be fair to say yeah it's definitely content based and um, it's also a really great resource i think for artists um that are 
just kind of getting their start and like coming out with new work. Um, I feel like there's been so many artists that I've talked to about the festival this year that are like, oh, I even people with pretty big names now that are like, I love Onion City. They're the first festival that showed my work or something like that. So it's kind of nice to keep it community based um, it's obviously it's an international festival we have work from everywhere but um, there is kind of a feeling of like the Chicago community rooted in it too mm-hmm. and you guys have done this uh, you know all over the world but specifically in Chicago it's interesting to me because to Tom's point when you ask people if they've seen any experimental fi- I feel like Indie film is also relatively underground in the city, and experimental film is even more so, you know, definitively. Mm-hmm. But it's just very interesting to me that there is such a there is a curated event that you are, you know, helping to organize where people can actually go and experience some experimental film. And I think we wanted to talk a little bit about what that exactly is. Yeah, like what experimental film is. Yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah, because I feel like a you know. As somebody, as a neophyte, David Lynch (laughs) is really all that comes to mind in a handful of cult movies. But what does experimental film mean to you? Um, Experimental film is definitely a very open-ended statement. Um, I think historically, experimental film has been very um, somewhat academically based or um, gallery based, Um, and in probably the past like since the 80s or 90s it's been more accepted in um cinema space um so basically for me experimental film is anything either in a gallery or on a screen that uh deviates from basically traditional narrative film or traditional tropes of documentary or anything like that um, so yeah, it's very broad. Um, can be a lot of different things. Would you say that a way to describe it is there? You mentioned it's sort of a departure from narrative storytelling. Is there, to, in order for it to be experimental, would you say that it has to abandon linearity? Um, I don't think so. I think that a lot of experimental makers play with traditional linear narratives. So um, yeah, maybe breaking it into a little bit like less of a traditional time frame or something like that um it definitely experimental narrative is a huge portion of experimental film so the narratives are still there it's just um a little bit different than you would normally see it in a theater or traditional feature-length film when people come to no more experimental film say someone hears about onion city and they're kind of engaging with experimental film for the first time a lot of us grow up with our traditional conventions of narrative film as you mentioned um what what would you say to someone who's going to watch their first experimental piece um i would just say to keep an open mind and to let yourself feel however that piece of art makes you feel just a very similar way as to how what you would say to someone if they were looking at a painting or something like that so not necessarily trying to wring some sort of meaning out of the 
procession of events that you're watching. It's more just trying to absorb the experience. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And something that is interesting to me that I that I think of when I think of experimental film is I, I try to think about how it interplays with like an avant-garde sort of storytelling. And would you say that it, avant-garde film and experimental film, it's sort of like a rhombus in a square kind of thing? Like avant-garde film can be experimental, but all experimental film isn't avant-garde? Or are they more of the same thing? I mean, I'm a little curious about the distinction. Yeah, I mean, I would say that if you're talking about avant-garde as in um you know like in 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 the course of film history what avant-garde film is i would say that that could be um seen as experimental film in certain ways but experimental film is more of like an overarching uh genre yeah like there's uh there's many different types of whiskey but they're all whiskey yeah you know yeah. it's all experimental <laughs> and it breaks down into this uh i'm really glad that we have you specifically here to talk about this because you have you have a bachelor's in fine arts from the art institute you uh finished there at 2013 and you've been curating film video and new media not just in chicago but as well as los angeles uh your hometown of portland oregon and this is what I really loved, is Reykjavik, Iceland. Tell us a little bit about your time curating there. Yeah. Um, well, the first time I went to Iceland was in 2014. I did an artist residency there. Um, so I was there for about a month and a half and um, met a lot of people, made a lot of friends. Um, and then I just kind of kept going back. I felt very drawn to that place. And I ended up working with... Um, this really interesting space called Menke that's in Reykjavik. Um, and they're like an experimental sound venue as well as a performance art venue. And they do screen-based work also. So they're kind of like a living gallery model. Um, and so I was able to curate a screening there called Weird Movies from the Middle of America. Um, which was all Chicago and Midwest based artists um, that I brought there, so that was really fun. What was what was the reaction to yeah. that? I wonder how that colored you know the the perception of America because a lot a lot of times, and I've you know I've been to certain places in uh, you know Europe. I spent a little time in Asia as well. Is that for some folks the idea of America is very media based, and so. There's like three different types of people. There's New Yorkers, there's cowboys, and then there's uh, people from the Beverly Hills. And it's like, if you were to ask someone, do an American accent, it's like one of those three things. So what was the reception to seeing this slice of the middle of America, flyover country, as some people call it? Yeah, um, the reaction was kind of all over the place. I think... Um some people that were there were more uh, Menke regulars that usually came there to see jazz or experimental sound. So they were not used to watching experimental film at all. And um, they were definitely, everyone was really interested in it. Uh, people were sort of like, this is a quieter, stranger take on yeah. American film, I guess, than they were used to seeing. But I think people really enjoyed it for the most part. When you're operating in a space that handles different types of art, you know, sound, um, you know, did the, the dance as well? Did mm -hmm. they handle that? Um, 
what was it how did it influence you seeing these other arts and also curating film like how did it all work together in this space um it was a really interesting space to see um i feel like that space definitely kind of changed maybe my idea of what a traditional art space could be because they do so many different kinds of events they also produce records too no i way. forgot to mention that oh my gosh so yeah they have a record label too so um that was a really interesting you know there's galleries around town places like um defibrillator which is like a performance art gallery um there's lots of you know places to see experimental music but i thought it was really interesting to kind of combine all those things together and what was the impetus for obviously you said that you did an artist residency uh there is there any intention to bring onion city to any other uh cities abroad um not onion city no i definitely the work that i'll be showing in onion city um is like extremely exceptional wonderful films that uh i will probably work with in some way in the future outside of onion city or i'll at least try to but (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i mean when you find something special and you cure and you bring it into your your wheelhouse of curation be like oh this would work really well in this sort of thing you never really lose it do you You just hold on to it a little bit yeah definitely um i want to ask you we're going to jump to the pacific northwest uh portland (laughs) oregon where you are from Tell us about growing up in Portland and your initial interest in in film and cinema and just art in general. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, I grew up in Portland in the trees. Um, It was very nice. It's a wonderful place to be able to go home to. Um, I definitely started being interested in film when... I was a kid and like in high school and stuff, but I I never really thought that I would uh, make films or had any sort of interest in experimental film until I got to college when I was really introduced to that. Um, But yeah, like you mentioned, David Lynch. I loved David Lynch in high school. (laughs) Who doesn't? Um, Yeah, things like that. Would you say David Lynch was your introductory, you know? filmmaker into that sort of realm um definitely one of the first kind of like strange stranger types of films that i saw what else probably i watched a lot of Godard in high school also um yeah things like that and you mentioned that when you came when you started at college and at the the school the art institute here in chicago that's when you really started getting interested in it was it classwork that you were looking at or was it just you happened to meet some people where where did the shift come here in chicago um well saic is notoriously very um multimedia they try to especially your freshman year there they try to get you to experiment with everything possible um so i actually went into the school as kind of more a painting drawing illustration person um and i think i just started seeing experimental films um that were being taught in my classes and I was really amazed by it. And yeah, I've all, I'd always loved movies and I thought like, this is a kind of all encompassing way to convey a feeling or a story is through sound and image. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like this 
shift in my brain yeah. <laughs> from like drawing images to using a camera and things like that. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing that I always find very fascinating about film is that once you once you get into it, you realize that it's not just, you know, big blockbusters, all money and just like, oh, you just put a camera and shoot. The camera turns into a really interesting tool. And I like what you said there about this is a way to convey emotion and to, a, a way to in- convey something through images and sound. And because uh, when you break it down, that's what film is. It's um, I think there's a, a, a Roger Ebert quote, not to be too... Um, I don't know, proletariat. <laughs> is, oh, dude, uh, that's totally patrician. Come yeah, on. okay. Um, but, like, you know, movies are empathy machines, and it gets you to mm-hmm. understand a certain thing. And that's why I find experimental film fascinating, despite my lack of uh, knowledge on it. It's what I've seen. It's just pushing this idea of how do we convey emotion how do we can like in in cinema as a medium um are there particular you know filmmakers that you've met here in chicago that you think are people need to check out to really start dipping their toes into this this ocean of art oh yeah so many um it's also interesting thinking about experimental film as an empathy machine. I feel like uh, that has really changed in the past few years. And there's so many artists um, that are making uh, really like necessary imagery that uh, is still like a way to convey empathy for a certain uh person or situation or whatever but it's maybe not giving you all everything that you need to know that story right so there's a lot of kind of especially experimental documentary makers right now i think that are um doing that extremely well um here in chicago um there are so many people (laughs) that i could mention off the top of my head though um Sky Hapinka is a really amazing uh, Native American experimental filmmaker who's out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, um, Brett Story is a really amazing moving image maker um, who just made an a amazing experimental documentary called A Prison in Twelve Landscapes uh, that I was extremely struck by. Um Another person I'm really excited about right now is also not out of Chicago, but this uh, artist named Sandra Perry, um, who is a a black female artist who's making um, really outstanding new media work and um, kind of combining work being made in the gallery space with single channel video uh, to make really interesting work about... um, colonization and race and which is which is very vital yeah i mean and um that i think i can't remember the term you use but just like uh like it's integral right now this is like this is an art form that uh people who are really you know in and in all times but especially now when we have the democratization of media and the democratization of these tools you can now use these different things to make incredibly vital and and important and 
I don't know, instant almost. Like you can you can really capture the the spirit of the times right now by making art that moves outside of just the typical boundaries of cinema. I liked what you said that uh, one of the artists did moving picture like work and and that sounded to me like breaking down cinema into more of its essential elements is that like how would you describe moving that moving picture work yeah um well i think that also kind of like experimental film i think that moving image is kind of an overarching term for um that includes cinema okay um so i think that moving image work can be many things that potentially aren't cinema based or like a single channel video or film um so yeah you can have a lot of different kinds of moving image like in a gallery space or online or um yeah many different ways to experience it so broad cinema. Yeah. yeah it's interesting to think about a movie experience or a film going experience just instead of trying to pick apart what the narrative is or trying to actually think about how the characters made you feel or anything like that just being able to just sort of sit down and let it happen in front of you and just sort of see how you feel afterwards and then that was the experience of the movie something that you said a minute ago uh got me i i've just got a question i want a little clarification about it i suppose uh experimental documentary documentary filmmaking how is that um how does that break down how does experimental film and documentary uh, and a documentarian sort of get together not it's not making it's not not making sense it's just i'm curious about how that comes together yeah totally um i think experimental documentary is actually one of the most interesting trends in the past few years in experimental film um And I would say experimental documentary would be um, the exact format of experimental narrative, but using documentary instead. So it's a it's a story that's telling it's telling a true story about something that's happening, um, but it's maybe not giving you all of the tools that you would usually see in a traditional documentary. Like it's maybe it's not going to have um talking heads uh with like their name clearly labeled on them Uh it's more of like a free-flowing experience of like meeting people and seeing a story happening this isn't the rigidity of ken burns the civil war you know in a million parts (laughs) 15 it might be 15 hours long but it's not going to be like ken burns 15 hours long (laughs) i really and that i mean i the interest in that is very cool because documentary is already a form that has so many different ways to approach it. Like, you know, there's there's a big difference between watching something that you might watch on PBS, which is surely documentary, but very rigid and stiff, and I would almost say conservative in the way that it approaches it. Meanwhile, uh, to pull some, like, Grey Gardens. Grey Gardens is a movie that I found to be incredibly strange, because I was like, but you can see the, pe- like, you see the filmmakers, you see the camera, and I know that was its own, you know, groundbreaking version of a documentary. So it's 
it's fascinating to see this form still evolving in different ways and taking different avenues. Uh, I want to jump over to the art of curation. Um, curation is kind of a buzzword. I feel like a lot of the time where people want to say, Oh, this is X, you know, my, your Apple music experience has been expertly curated by the folks <laughs> at pitchfork and all this kind of stuff. And while it is a bit of a buzzword, I still love the idea of having someone, put together a lot of different things into a very specific package or you know put it all together into a into a festival tell me a little bit how did you wind up curating this onion city for this year um well i started uh curating basically in college um and i feel like curation kind of just came to me very simply as like I was obsessed with my friends and thought right. they were super smart and wanted everyone else in the world to know how smart they were. So um, I started curating shows uh, like in DIY spaces and things like that. Um, and then it kind of broadened when I um, became the I started working with this micro cinema in Chicago um, called The Nightingale. Okay, yeah. And um, now I've become the co-director there. Um, So I started taking curatorial or programming, whatever you want to call it, work um, a little more seriously when I started uh, putting on shows there. And yeah, it kind of just went from there. Um, And as far as Onion City goes, it was just like a one of those things I... Um, was able to reach out to the uh, woman who runs Chicago Filmmakers, Brenda mm-hmm. Webb, and we started talking about it, and then she invited me to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a happy a happy marriage of, of two great minds. You know, you got the Onion City, uh, an institution of experimental film uh what's what's the display um exhibition, exhibition. Yeah. <laughs> uh experimental film exhibition and you having this curatorial this like this programming mind and focus uh i wanted to ask you is there a particular theory you like to apply to curation is there a particular way you like to go about any curatorial project or do you let it just happen like it's it's so above me sometimes about how these great things just seem to happen but i wonder is there a a formula that you like to go with um there's definitely not a set formula um and personally i think that um i think that putting theory um or like a a certain theory behind a show if you're going to put that over the work that you're actually showing that's kind of bullshit because i'd rather uh i'd rather show the work and in its best possible sense than um you know like fit it into some category so for curating this festival i'm definitely doing program i'm um there's going to be seven different programs of shorts um and they're definitely work that all um, 
like uh, one program is work that maybe fits into this uh, category, but the work defined the categories. I didn't have like a set list of things that I wanted to accomplish. I chose the, the work that I wanted to show. And then I'm sort of like, Oh, well this would work really well with this piece. And Uh this would work really well with this piece. So the connections make themselves apparent to you as you look at these pieces Yeah, and you find, you find you, you don't speak for the work the work speaks for itself and you just kind of you know find find the connections in those things and put them together i really like that yeah really like that yeah the work would like come first and then the theory comes after that still that's got to be a challenge for trying to fit all of these things into seven different pieces i it's definitely above me yeah thinking about how i would it go is about, above you connor well i know that <laughs> i know that but it's it's in, it's got to be a challenge right putting all of these things together and you're organizing people's experience and you've got to be creative about that yeah i mean it definitely has been difficult and i think there's um there's a lot involved in deciding especially in the realm of um artwork like these the people that i'm showing are artists and their work is very personal to them and they're very attached to it so there it is sort of a big job to say um like i'm going to put this piece alongside this other piece and maybe that will create a statement in itself that i hope the artists are okay with you know (laughs) And I, I mean, that's that's the art at the end of the day is that's the art of curation is being, um, res- you know, being respectful, but also being bold enough to say, I think that these two things work together and I think that it'll still capture the same feeling. And uh, that's the mark of a great curator is being able to do that. And I think the way, you know, clearly you've made your your name in being that being perceptive of those sorts of things um i want to ask about the fact you know you're working with a lot of experimental film experimental film is uh a very you know it's clearly a very special thing to you do you ever go out and just watch like i don't know quote unquote regular movies (laughs) uh just traditional narrative film and what's it like jumping between those two things I for sure watch tons of narrative film too. Um, yeah, I uh, there is definitely I see so much experimental work that um, that takes a lot to. It, it's it's kind of. Um, not difficult to watch, but it takes a lot more mental energy, I think, to watch uh, experimental work than it does to watch like a superhero movie. I'm sure that a lot of people would disagree with me on that, yeah. but that's my personal experience. But um, I really do love both forms of the medium. I mean, I love watching narrative film, too, sure. and talking about it and thinking about it. Um but yeah, this is sort of like where I find my niche to be. And mm-hmm. yeah, do you ever think that narrative film could take maybe take a page out of experimental films wheelhouse in in terms of spicing things up a little bit? Because I know uh, when we get into narrative film, there's a lot of like tropes are important, cliches are in there, all this sorts of stuff, and uh, especially I mean, you mentioned superhero films, which is the juggernaut genre of the day. Uh, <laughs> do you, do you think that maybe Iron Man could take a page out of the experimental film book? 
I mean, I think it probably already does. I think they both work together to, I think, experimental bounces off of traditional narrative. Um, I think that experimental, especially in the last 10, 20 years or so, has definitely taken specific notes from narrative work. Um, And I think that traditional blockbuster Hollywood movies have, in more subtle ways, gotten more experimental than in past years. I think, Connor, would you think about, like, I remember watching Birdman. Yeah. And I was like, I felt really artistic. <laughs> After, and, I, and I'm fairly like, I like to watch Kung Fu, you know, and there, not that there's not an art to Kung Fu and all that kind of stuff, but I'm very easily, I'm not going to lie to you, Emily, I, I've duped you. I'm extremely easily entertained. I'm, I'm terrible at watching movies. Um, but like I watched Birdman, Alejandro in your YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. and I felt like damn i'm so smart because i'm watching this thing that's like (laughs) one cut and like everybody's doing crazy stuff and i'm just like wow how this is (laughs) should i put on my black turtleneck now or later like (laughs) and uh do you think that those have you seen birdman yeah what'd you think what did that kind of scratch at that uh experimental itch yeah, I loved Birdman. I feel like it was, I mean, thinking of that, did that win Best Picture? I it don't did. Remember. It yeah. Did. Okay. So I think, you know, the fact that we're seeing a movie like that win Best Picture when, um, I mean, I don't know what won Best Picture 50 years ago, but it probably was not a movie with that much experimentation. Sure. Um, there's plenty of films throughout. Uh, the course of film history that are dealing with partially a narrative structure and partially experimentation. Um, Yeah, especially when you think of the avant-garde canon. Uh, So yeah, I feel like they're they're very linked and um, you know, whatever is happening in the world or whatever is happening in the broader area of art influences both. Mm -hmm. So obviously nothing really occurs in a vacuum right it all it all has to be linked do you think that for people that are going to go see this onion city experimental film festival are are we going to be seeing strictly experimental film or are we going to be able to see sort of the marriage between more of a classical narrative style and an experimental edge to it well i think that you'll be seeing experimental film but it's not without narrative um i think that a lot of the work that I'm interested in right now and um, that is really popular in the experimental film community right now is definitely kind of breaching um, like how do I uh, how do I make this statement without um, without using those like traditional like a scripted story beating you over the head with it yeah Yeah. (laughs) What do you think of now experimental film? I know that I've had an experience before where I tried to show someone one of my f- favorite movies overall, Eraserhead. I, I mean, that's that's my benchmark, I guess, for experimental film in my uh, current understanding of it. And sometimes people really reject it. They really are just like, this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. I hate this. Um do you think that that type of person can learn to appreciate or do people get so rooted 
in their traditional expectations of film and cinema and this type of art that experimental just doesn't work for them? Um, I think that people can definitely learn to enjoy experimental work. And I think it more just depends on the piece for certain people. Like um, maybe someone wouldn't like a racer head, but they'd be really interested in something else that's in the experimental genre. Um, Yeah. And it's also I think that people naturally everyone is afraid of things that you don't understand or that you don't know about um and yeah, i think one of the best art teachers that i had told me to like really pay attention to work that you hate more than work that you love <laughs> well yeah because there's there's that barrier you almost have to push through the the friction is what's fun mm-hmm. and that's the way that you can um really fight you fight to get this new understanding of not just the art, but maybe yourself. You might be like, wow, I've moved into this new uh, paradigm and now I can watch these films and really, you know, and maybe not everyone works for you. It's not like every right, you know, narrative film works for everybody else, but you might be able to find some really special experimental films that speak to you. Um, one of the ways that people can start to support Onion City, uh, again, Onion City is going to be coming back on March 8th through 11th. Uh, there's going to be a fundraiser and program release party this Thursday, February 8th at 8 p.m. at the Hungry Brain. Now, you're just telling us about this off off the uh, air, off the mic, that this is going to be a pretty interesting fundraiser. Tell us what it's all about. Yeah, so um – this fundraiser, I'm basically uh, taking over, or I'm not taking over, he's still running it, but um, I'm calling it kind of a crossover episode between Onion City and my good friend Seth Vanek's weekly talk show um, called The Therapy Sessions. Um, so Seth has been um, the host of this live talk show for a little over two years, I believe. I'm sorry if that's wrong. <laughs> but um, he basically every week invites two guests, which are either um, artists or curators or uh, musicians or just kind of generally interesting people um, to talk about their feelings with him. So uh, he invites two guests. Um, one's kind of one usually does some kind of a performance and talks and then one just has like a long conversation. Um, and it's a really interesting show and I've always really enjoyed it. So I um, kind of approached him when we were thinking about doing some kind of fundraising event and said what if we did some kind of collaboration um so basically it's going to be the therapy sessions um for onion city and seth will be hosting um and i will be speaking along with um one of the jury members for onion city amina ross that sounds like so much fun. What what do you think is going to be revealed? <laughs> I have no idea. Usually it's a yeah, it's a pretty fun revealing night. So <laughs> I love that. And you will be taking in-kind donations towards the Onion City Experimental Film Festival. Uh what are some of the perks that people can get 
based on those donations um so the oh by also the event is free so you can come there's no charge at the door or anything um if you give 25 dollars or more you'll get your name mentioned in the program um and then if you give uh $50 or more you get one ticket to opening night um if you give $75 or more you give you get two tickets to opening night plus your name mentioned in the program uh if you give $100 or more you get a pass to the festival mm-hmm. um and also, we will be pre-selling passes. So the passes are uh, going to be online the next week for $50, and we're, we'll be selling them for 45 at the event. So you're, if you want to get in on this, if this is your first time going to Onion City, get a, go get the pass at this. Not only are you going to be helping you know, uh, raise funds for this fantastic film festival, but you'll be able to go to the film festival, and you're going to be able to do it at a little bit cheaper than you might normally. Uh, again, that's February 8th. At 8 p.m., you're going to be at the Hungry Brain. The address is 2319 West Belmont. That's 2319 Belmont Avenue. Again, uh, the Hungry Brain. Sounds like, is, is that a problem for you, sir? What are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't do anything. I just think it's I funny. I just, I'm sorry for... I'm flexing my broadcast muscles, okay? Listen... I'm sorry, Tom. Do you know how much money I gave to a Catholic institution so I could do this? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so, so much, Emily, for coming on the show. Again, Emily, Eddie, you are curating this fantastic Onion City. comes back March 8th through 11th. You'll be able to get passes uh at the February 8th event over at the Hungry Brain, and they'll also be online. Is there any way we can follow you specifically uh, if we want to hang out at Nightingale or if we want to see your thoughts online? Yeah, definitely. Um, I am all over the internet. Um, Also, the Onion City... Facebook page is just at Onion City. Uh, the Onion City Instagram account is Onion City Film Fest. Um, and yeah, we also have a Nightingale Instagram account, which is Nightingale Cinema. And yeah, you can follow those. She is your guide to experimental film here in the city of Chicago and all around the world. All right, everybody. Uh, we will see you guys next week for another edition of No Co Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And again, we'll see you next week.